Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Samuel. And Beck and I just have the honor of serving you guys here at Life West. And I would, I'd love to meet you, hang out a little bit after service, sneak out there. There's also, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's some more room outside around the back. There's a little patio area out there, but hang out. I'd love to get to, get to meet you. And man, you picked a really good week to be here. We're in a series that I'm absolutely loving, super excited about, and it's called Chosen. And, and we're really, we're looking at what it says in Ephesians 2.10, which it says, for we are God's masterpiece, and this is you, and this is me. It says Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God chose you and planned things for you to do. He's like, ooh, I know, I know what I'm going to need in this time in 2021 and what's going to be happening over here and, and all that, everything in the political, we this and that and split and all the good and the bad. He knew all of it. He's like, I know what I'm going to need. I'm going to need this and I'm going to need that. And I'm going to put these little gifts over here and there. And, and that's what this is. We're calling this chosen. And it's really, it's talking about what you're chosen to do, because you do not just like, okay, you meet Jesus, now you're just waiting to die. Like, one day you'll die, but until then, just kind of like, hold on, no, make it. That's not it. God's like, I got stuff for you to do. You're going to have some fun, and we're going to make a difference. And in this series, there's a, uh, a book that I read that I just absolutely thought, man, it goes along with it really well with some of the points we're making, and I'm like, we'd love to make sure that you guys can have that too. So here's what it is. It's called Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. And just an awesome book. I highly recommend it. So here's what we did is we bought a bunch of them, and they're in the back. So go ahead, grab one. They're free for you because you already paid for it. Thank you very much. Life West, we want to equip and empower to be and do all that God has for you. That's what we want to do as a church, and so we can. So if you're like, hey, I would like that, go ahead, grab one in the back, and read it. It's an easy read. I love it. I've, got, I've read it multiple times. I'm like, man, I just need some encouragement. I'll just... I'll read it again. It's a great book. I encourage you to get it. And last week, last week we talked about some of these gifts. We said every one of us has a gift. You might be sitting there and say, no, not me. Well, that might be for you or that's for this person, but like, not me. But 1 Corinthians 7, 7 says this. I wish you were all as were, that's not all what it says. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift another has that. So every one of you has a gift. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them you're chosen. Okay, because that's everybody. There's, no, there's, there's nobody that you didn't. It's every one of us. All of us have something. All of us have something. Ephesians 4.11, talking about these gifts, says this. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gives to the church, the apostle, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And then we go on in verse 12, and it says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, to build up the church, the body of Christ. That's you, to build up the body of Christ. Every single one of us, all of us, have gifts. Becca said it, even in the offering, we're, we're all a part of this. First Corinthians talks about it. it, says, all together we make up the body, we are the body of Christ. But it's, it's all the little tiny parts. You and I are a part of it. We are a part. Anybody ever take something apart? Raise your hand if you've ever taken anything apart, ever. 
Okay. I like taking things apart. I just do, especially when I was little. My parents gave me a radio control car, and I noticed it had this circuit board in the middle. I'm like, that's really cool. But I was trying to check it out, but I couldn't see underneath it because all the wires were too short. So I unscrewed it and then just took some scissors and cut all the wires. And then I could flip it over. I'm like, ooh, that's cool. And then I tried to put it back on, and it didn't work. <laughs> he needed to reconnect some things. I'm like, well, how does this work? I wanted, to, I wanted to take it apart. I wanted to see what each part did. And well, I found out that was a really important part. I also, I had a remote control car. And there's a big difference between radio and remote. My mom did not know it. My grandma did not know it. My birthday was coming up. I was like, I would like a radio control car. Well, grandma got me a remote control car. A remote control car has a wire, and my wire was about this long. And so you had to follow this thing around like this. And it drove me nuts. And I was like, I know what to do. I was probably like five. I'm like, I know exactly what to do. So I got some scissors again. <laughs> Man, don't let me get scissors. And I cut the cord. And of course, it didn't work. And I was like, well, I knew it wouldn't work. I just have to figure out which one gave it power. So then I started like, I cut the cords back further and I put power over here. And I'm like, okay, this had the power coming this way. And I was like, you know how you test if... if a battery is dead or not, like a nine volt battery. You know how to test a nine volt battery? You stick it on your tongue. And if it like, gets you, you're like, ooh, it's, it's got some power left in it. Well, I did that with the wires on coming out of the remote to figure out which ones I needed to add a battery to over here. And it doesn't work, just so you know. That was an important part, <laughs> the wire that runs between them. But have you ever taken something apart and you put it back together and you've got extra pieces? I just want you to know, all that means is that you did it better than they did in the first place. <laughs> Whenever I did, like, oh, I figured it out. I, did, I didn't need that. But every one of us, we are a part. And every part is important. Becca already read Romans 12, verse 6. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts. We're different parts for doing certain things well. Certain things, we're not all going to be the same. We're different. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Verse 7, if your gift is serving, then serve them well. If it's teaching, teach well. If it's encouraging, encourage and be encouraging. If it's giving, then give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take your responsibility seriously. If you have the gift for showing kindness or mercy to others, then do it gladly. But don't, and this is really what we talked about when we left it last week, was don't sit on your gift. Don't just be like, oh, it's not important. Don't just leave it there. Do something with it. Do something with those gifts that you have. Be like, okay, here I go. I'm going to do something. And maybe like, well, I don't, I don't even know what my gifts are and where they are. And I heard a, a little bit of an illustration that I, I think kind of helps with this. And it was a story of some friends that went out to eat. And I went to a restaurant, and when it came time for dessert, the waiter comes around like, yep, we're going to do dessert. So they order a round of desserts, and they're sitting around, and, and the waiter comes and brings the desserts. And right, right as the waiter begins to hand out the desserts, he tips the whole tray over. And, and he tips it on one of them, and just all of the desserts fall, and they all get on them. But everybody at the table does something kind of a little different. See, the first... Friend number one jumps up, and even though they're at a restaurant, starts cleaning and like helping to clean up the mess. And that's serving. 
They just have the gift of serving, and this person just jumps right in. Nobody has to tell them or ask them to. They just do it. Friend number two doesn't even see the mess. Friend number two jumps up, says to the waiter, it's okay, I've made messes too, and like, you're all right. And this person, this person has the gift of, of mercy. Now, friend, friend number three, friend number three is like, hey, hey, I tell you what, I'll pay for all of the desserts, don't worry about it. And the next ones, just leave them on the bill, don't worry about it. And this one has the gift of giving. And there's just different things, and obviously we could keep going with that illustration, and it's not the absolute best, but it just kind of illustrates how we're different, how we respond to different things, because the teacher in that moment does something totally different. They jump up, and they're like, well, um, you know what you could have done is if you would have set down the tray before you would have started handing things out, that would have worked a little bit better, just so you know. We, we have different things, and, and we are different. Because that's how God made us. God made us to be different, but we all do a part. And that's why we do growth track. And we do it every single, every single month. The first, the first Sunday of every month it starts. It's a four-week series. And really, you come to that, the first service. After the second song, you're dismissed. You head upstairs. And you learn like, okay, know God. You need to know who you are in Christ, who he's made you to be. You need to find freedom, how to let go of your past, discover your gifts and talents, and then use them to make a difference in the kingdom of God. We take four weeks and help you do that. That's why we do it week in and week out. You miss a week, jump in. Be like, okay, I, I, I missed one. You can start anytime. The best, next week, or excuse me, September, next month, coming around the corner, week one, jump into that class and figure out what those are so you can begin to make a difference. Because here's the thing. When God wants to do something on the earth, what does he do? He uses people. He uses people. When God wanted to free the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, he used Moses. When the Jews were about to be eradicated by some really bad laws, who did he use? What did he do? He sent his angels down and destroyed. No. He rose up a girl by the name of Esther. He uses people. When there's an entire city that was so in sin, God's like, I will wipe it off the face of the earth if it does not stop. He sent an angel. No. He sent Jonah. And when Jonah went the other way, he found somebody up. No. He's like, Jonah, get back over there and turned him around and got him to go. He used Jonah. And when God wanted to save the world from their sins, what did he do? He sent his son as a man. God uses people. We can look at our world and we can look and we can say, oh, it's so dark. But I look and I think, oh, it needs the light so much. The darker it is, the easier it is to see the light. What we do is going to be easier to see. We're going to stand out more than ever before. This is, makes my job easier, not harder. People are going to know they need something different. Okay, there are more people hitting rock bottom than that. Oh, man, we need Jesus. This is going to be easy. We, God uses people. He wants to use you. That is the Great Commission, Mark 16, 15. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what we get to do. This is our job. This is what he told us to do. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, verse 18. I'm going to jump in about halfway through here. And it says, and God has given us the task. He's given us the task 
of reconciling people to him. God wants to use us. We don't just sit. We pray and we do. We pray and we do. He's given us this task. Verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation, of of being able to return to Christ. He's given this to us. So we all are a part. You are a part. You might not know it, but you're a part. You might not have been doing a whole lot, but you are a part of the body. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a part. That's all of us. Every one of us are a part. Like, it's just it. We all get to do something. And so that's why we jump in somewhere. So last week, I was like, here's where you need to start. I'm like, serve the body. Serve the body of Christ. Get on the dream team. Serve here at church. And the dream team, really what we call that, we call it the dream team because it's people that they love what they're doing. They get to use their gifts to build the kingdom of God. They wake up early. They stay late. They clean. They rock babies. They say hello. They help people come in the parking lot. They set up chairs or they're up on the band. Worship. They're, doing, they're doing something. They're online and they're saying hello and typing and just making sure that all that works. They're using their gifts and they get to do it. They get to. So if you haven't yet joined that dream team, do it. Talk to me after. I'd love to help you do that. Start there. But we've got the task of reaching the world. We've got this task. So a great place to start, number one, is get involved in the church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Number two is what what bothers you? Like, like, Like what bothers you? In high school, I installed carpet. That's what I did for many, many years. I was a carpet layer. And... I did, I did it for, for a very, very, I did it for several years. We did quite a bit. It was a lot of fun, but I have not done it in, in I, haven't, I haven't done it full time in like 20 years, but I mean, I, I, I did it, and then in college, I did that for quite a bit as well, and so that, that was, that, that's what I did. Okay, carpet. I walk into a house today, and you want to know what I see? I see carpet seams. I walk in, and I'm like, that seems wrong. That's wrong. Like the shade and the way that the light comes in is going to show. Like, of course that seam's going to show. It's going to show because of the way you put it. It should have been twisted the other way. Or you look at it and I walk in and I'm like, you could throw a dead cat through that thing. That, that seam is huge. What? what were they thinking? Who did this? I walk in. I will have to resituate myself. I'll be sitting down and people are talking and all I'm doing is seeing this one seam. I'm like, oh my goodness. What did you say? I'm sorry. I looked at the seam. Like, what was that? Like, I better sit a little bit different so I don't just pay attention to this one this one. I see it. I can't not see it. It doesn't bother anybody else. Nobody else sees it, but it bothers me. It gets to me because I know how to fix it. Because I, I can recognize when something wasn't done right, when somebody gave up, or you're like, why did they cut the carpet into 20 pieces? Just pay the extra, do one scene. They got all these little T scenes going back and forth, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is so bad. So it drives me. You guys are like, that's stupid. Nobody notices. I know, but I do because I know how to fix it. And some of you, there's some things that you look at in the world and they just bother you. They don't bother other people. And you are wondering like, is there something wrong with me? Or is it, or maybe you're one of those people like, no, it's something wrong with everybody else. That's what it is. 
But let me just ask you, does it bother you because you can fix it? Did God gift you in an area, position you, put you somewhere where you can actually do something about it? Is that why it bothers you? Becca and I, well, she, she's an amazing cook. It's, she's, she's great. I love, I love her cooking. I'd much rather eat at home than anywhere else. But when we go out to eat, it's, it's interesting because Becca wants to order something that she can't just make at home. And she reads the menu, and I'm like, oh, that looks really good. And she's like, oh, I can make that at home. And I'm like, what? She's like, well, yeah. She reads it. She's like, well, all it is is this and this and this and this and this and this. And they all just put it in. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what about that? She's like, well, I can make that too. She's like, I want to order something that I can't make, and I want it to be something or that I wouldn't want to go through all the trouble of making. And she looks at the menu completely different than me. She sees things I don't see. I'm like, it's food. Like, let's eat. Like, this is great. And she's like, no, 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 I want something different, and I want it to be really good. And I'm like, do they have hamburgers? Like, I'd like a really nice hamburger. That sounds great. She sees things completely different because she can make it. She, she has a gift. She can cook. It's good. It's really good. So she sees it differently. You and I, we're all made differently. We look at things and although we see the same thing, we don't see the same thing. I look at art, and anything that I could think that my five-year-old made, I don't think it's art. I just look at my, my five-year-old could make it, it's not art. It escapes me completely. You look at it, and you're like, no, look at them, just smeared their hands. I, I'm done. I, I don't see anything pretty in it at all. It just, it just looks like a mess that somebody threw up. Some of it, that's what it looks like. Like, let me actually throw up. Like, what is this stuff? I don't see it. Other people look at it and think, this is amazing. But we're different. But we are all gifted. And we go about things differently. If we look at Moses, Moses in the Bible, Acts 7, 23, talking about Moses, says that when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. Moses was an Israelite. But at the time, the Egyptians were killing all the Egyptian boys, so his mother hid him in a basket. He was found by Pharaoh's daughter and then raised as royalty in the palace. When he's 40, it comes into his heart, I want to go see what's going on. I want to go see what's going on. So he goes and he looks, and you might look and think, okay, well, of course, he was really well positioned. He was perfectly positioned, right? He's royalty. But what does he do? He goes out. He sees an Egyptian slave master beating up a Hebrew. He loses it and kills the Egyptian and then buries him in the sand. Then it come, he, he, he figures out that people know, and now he realizes he's in trouble, so then he runs off. So he flees for his life because this thing that he saw that he was perfectly positioned to do doesn't work right. So then God had to find somebody else to, nope. God finds him in the desert and is like, nope, I'm sending you back. You're going to free him. I'm sending you back. But it came into his heart, something that he saw. And let me just tell you, some of the th sometimes that is exactly, exactly what happens. There's things that are inside us that are like, they should do that so much better. Like I could, the, the singing, this is just, mm, get up here. 
get up here. Like, come on, let's do it. You're like, okay, you know, this, this could be done a little bit better. Then, then what is it? What is the gift that you have? I don't know what it is. You might look and you think, man, widows or orphans or missionaries, school, and, and no matter what it is. You're like, education, and we need to do here, and Christian education needs some of this, and we need to insert this in here, or for you might be the opposite, and you're like, no, we need Christians in public education, and we need to get in there and, and not just pull out and withdraw, and, and God's God put different things inside of you, and you're like, well, I can help to be the answer, and this is what we can do, and this is how we can do these things. They're things that jump out to you because you're different. You and I were not the same, but God's got things that he's planned in advance for you to do. And this isn't later, it's right now. You don't have to wait until you're older, younger, more money, less money, less busy. No, no, no. There's always an excuse not to do it. Well, the kids are too old. The kids are too young. We don't have kids yet. This is our time without kids. Well, now we have the kids and, and now they're not going to be, oh, well, they're, they're, they're too little and it's kind of hard right now. Well, now they're in this stage where we're running everywhere. Now that they are everywhere, there's, there's always a reason. Well, we just got rid of the kids and so now it's time. There's always a reason not to. Well, the work is just really busy right now and it's just a season. Well, there's not a lot of work right now and I'm trying to find some different jobs. I can come up with a thousand reasons not to. And there will always be a reason not to. But God wants to use you today. Today, to begin to make a difference today. And so I ask, what is that thing that other people hear and it sounds different to you? When I, when I say that, I think, I think of David. David, as a shepherd boy, is sent out to go just bring some food to his brothers. And so he does. He brings some bread and some cheese out, and so he's bringing it out to his brothers. And he, he brings them out, and his brothers are actually in the army, and the army had been standing off. The Israelites, where it's just what David is and his brothers. And on the other side of the valley were the Philistines. And they're standing off. But instead of fighting, and I love how they did this, but they actually did this. Instead of two actual armies coming against each other and clashing and fighting and whoever kills the most people win, they would say this and actually did it. You send your champion, we'll send our champion, one of them will die, they'll fight to the death, and whoever wins, wins. We'll call that the whole battle. Can you imagine if we did that today? Like countries? They're like, yeah, you just send your champion, we'll send ours, and we'll just decide everything on that. But that's what they did. That had been going on, what had been going on is a champion from the Philistines named Goliath had been coming out day after day, and no one would answer his challenge. David comes out. This had been going on. This isn't new. This isn't the first time. David comes out, and he hears the exact same thing that everybody else hears. He hears the challenge, but God stirs something inside him and says, you are my man. Take care of this. And something stirs inside David, and his response is, how dare he speak against the army of the living God? It wasn't just him. He's like, no. The living, we are the army of the living God. He can't do this. And something stirs inside him. He didn't hear anything that different than anybody else. He heard the same thing that everybody else heard, but something on the inside of him is like, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to do something about this. And that's why I ask, like, what, what kind of, like, upsets you? What what do you dislike? What do you just look and you're like, oh, there it is again, that seam. I can't even look at it. It's just, it's just, it's there. It's like, why is that? What is that thing that everybody else just kind of glasses over? 
But, but when you hear it, when somebody says it, your heart breaks or your heart bleeds or that, that thing inside you just stands up and you're like, I'll die for it, but I'm in. I got to do something about it. What is it that rises up in you? And maybe you just kind of push it back down and think, oh, no, no, that's not for me. Well, let me just ask you, is God raising you up? It's too big for me. Good. Good. Let's get to that place where we absolutely 100% need God. It's totally beyond us. And we step out and we say, God, I'm going to trust in you. Nehemiah had one of those exact, one of those same moments. Nehemiah, we'll start with verse 2. He's talking, he said, they said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province. They're back in Jerusalem. Nehemiah is not. And he's finding out what's going on in Jerusalem. He says, those who survived the exile are back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, Jeremiah says, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now, I think some of this gets lost because... Jerusalem had fallen 140 years earlier. This wasn't brand new news. This wasn't new. But some people go and visit and they say, the exiles, those that have returned to Jerusalem, they're there, but it's not good. The condition isn't good. Zerubbabel had led the first return 90 years before that. The Jews going back to Jerusalem. This isn't new, but Nehemiah hears it, and it just breaks him. It would be, I mean, I mean, just think of it. Think if somebody came in right now and said, President Lincoln got shot, he's dead. And I just started crying. No. You'd be like, we all know that. I mean, I mean what, why, how did he not know that? Like, whoa, whoa, hold on here. And that's kind of the context that we have. Nehemiah fasts for days. Something, he hears what everybody else kind of knows. It's, it's not brand new. But in him, something changes when he hears it. God changes something on the inside of him. His heart breaks for what it is. And he's like, I've got to do something. He's not well positioned. He's over 700 miles from Jerusalem. No car, no AC, I mean, transportation is, hee-haw, like, here we go, camel spit and jump on something. He's not well positioned at all. He's a cupbearer to the king, and you might think, oh, he, he's, he's right up there with the king. He's got access. He's a cupbearer. Do you know what that is? That's like you taste the king's food and drink to make sure it's not poisonous. And if you fall over dead, the king doesn't drink it or eat it. Like, there's no line for that position at the job fair. Like, that's his boots empty. And I'm like, die? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll possibly drink poisonous things every day. I'm in. Like, that, that, it wasn't like he, had, he was well positioned for this at all. Not at all. He's not close, but God broke something in his heart where he had to do something. You may be familiar with this story. He ends up going before the king and he's sad. And just that right there, you got to understand, you don't show up to work sad. 
You, you just do not do it or you'll be dead. Like you do not. So he shows up and he's sad and the king's like, why are you sad? Like it's not like okay to do it. It's not always oh, having a bad, you don't have a bad day in the king's presence. Like you just, you don't. And he did. But he stood up and he took the opportunity and the king's like, what's going on? He says, look, this is what's going on in my hometown in Jerusalem. And the king's like, what do you want to do about it? And he's like, thank you so much for asking. And rolls out his list. He's like, here's what I need. I need to travel over here. I'm going to need safe passage. Will you write some letters so I can actually get over there? I'm going to need a note to the king's forest keeper over here for the wood that we can do this. And it's going to take some while and I'm going to need it. And he's got a, this wasn't just like a last minute. He had thought about it. He had laid it out. He's like, this is what it would take. And he had made a list. And the king's like, yep, go do it. He saw something. It was something that everybody else had seen. It wasn't new, but it stirred something inside of him. Because understand this, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. God isn't looking for the perfect, the shiny, the, oh, this person's in the position, they have the finances to do it. God's like, no, you watch who I'll use. He's looking for people who, when, it, when they pull it off, it's like, that had to be God. People who will give God glory. People who say, I know I can't do this. And God's like, that's right, you can't. But you can, all, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He's like, watch what I'll do through you. Watch what I'll do through you. What is it that you look at that you're like, oh, somebody should do something. That, that thing that you see that you almost have to look away from because it breaks your heart. It pulls on you. That thing rises up in you so much. Is it missionaries? Is it education or prison ministry or, or orphans or working in the church or, or, or preaching and healing or it's people's finances and the debt that they have and helping them to get out of it so they can do the things that God's called them to be and the things that God's called them to do. What is it? Because we're all apart. It's all a part. You may be familiar with Dave Ramsey. He's like, hey, get out of debt. <laughs> we heard that years ago. We had, we had just had Avery, and then we just had Molly, and, and I'm like, kids are expensive, and we don't know why they, why they just keep coming, so we better do something about this. And she's pregnant again. I'm like, this is crazy. And, and we're just like, you know what we need to do is one of the things we need to do is I'm, I'm like, I'm tired of saving up to have babies. Let's just like, let's have money. <laughs> let's, let's save and let's, let's do this. And we, we sat down, we looked at and started listening to some of the things that Dave Ramsey was saying. And we're like, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I sat down and I looked at what we owed and I looked at like, okay, well, this is how much we owe on our house. And, and if I make and I saw this thing, I found, I'm, I'm a nerd, and I found this, like, this debt payoff calculator, and I'm like, okay, this is how much I owe in my house, this is my interest rate, and I said, if I put $100 on my principal right now, how much do I save? And I put 100 and hit enter, and it said, you save $300 in interest, and I was like, wait a minute, so I went and I found another one, and I did the same thing, and it told me the same thing, and I was like... That can't be. So I was like, hold on a second. What if I do 150? And I was like, oh my goodness. And I was like, oh, okay, what about that? So I totally geeked out over this stuff. And I'm like, babe, let's get out of debt. Let's, and we owed the house. I didn't do any of the other debt stuff. Um, credit cards, pay them off. Like, you just don't do that. Uh, pay, save up money, buy cars, buy something that's junked and paid for. Just, just, just do it. I was like, okay, I can do that. But we had some debt when it came to that house. And God laid on our heart. We listened to Dave Ramsey. Well, God laid on our heart to do this. And we had people come up around us and be like, don't do this. This is a bad idea. 
Because we weren't doing, there were was, was things that we just cut out, like restaurants, we cut it out. Like shopping, like we cut it out. We, we cut out all, like, like just about everything. We, we cut it out. So people, people knew what we were doing and we were paying off the house. We had people tell us not to and we're like, no. And I love the Dave Ramsey stuff, but part of that was I said, we want to be free to do what God leads us to do. I said, we don't know. I said, we are just fine right now. And yeah, we could just continue and pay this thing off. I said, but we want to be free that when God leads us, this is what he spoke to us, that when God leads us to do something, we want to be able to do it. I had no idea that God was going to ask us or put on our heart to start a church to stop making money and kind of say, okay, well, we're just going to do this. We're going to jump in to take some of that savings and to be like, okay, and you know, we can live off of, we don't have a lot of bills, so it doesn't take a lot for us to keep going, and here's how we can do I had no idea. But God used Dave Ramsey, some of that stuff, to spark something inside of us, to plant a seed in our hearts, to encourage us to do something that allowed us, it took us about six years, we paid off $108,000 and we were just debt-free. We're like, okay, we're done. And it was several years later. It wasn't right away, but it was years later, several years later that God laid on our hearts, like start a church. And we're like, yeah, we can do this. And they're like, now, where, how are your finances? Because this is going to be really hard on them. And we're like, well, here's our finances. And they're like, it's not going to be hard on you guys. Because God used somebody else. It was a step. It was something that helped us to be able to do what God wants us to do now. We all have a part. You have a part to play. Maybe it's encouraging. If that's what it is, then get out there and encourage people. But whatever it is, say, God, I'm going to do it. The thing that stirs inside you, that thing that kind of just rubs you the wrong way when you hear about it, you're like, oh, pray. Pray and say, God, is that you stirring something in me? How can I address that? What is it that I can do? Because here's what I know. You're chosen God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And it's not just to wait until you die. It's not just, oh, one day I'll get to heaven. God wants to use you right now to make a difference. He wants to use you today to make a difference. So what is it that you can do? Take a look, say, God, what is it you have? God, have everything I have. What do you want me to do? And see what he does. And then just take next step. Say, okay, God, and take the next step. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Don't expect the finish line. Expect the step. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. We want the five-year plan. God's like, I want you to start by supporting these missionaries. I want you to start by serving at church. I want you to start by praying for your family members by name. I want you to start by calling and asking this person to forgive you for what you said 10 years ago. And the way that, I want you to start and we just, just take that step and watch how God uses you. Watch how he uses you. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. It'll be a crazy ride, I promise. But it's so much fun. It's great doing things that we're good at. But man, when we take those things, those gifts, those talents that we have, and we use them to build the kingdom of God, it's 10 times better. We see lives being changed, eternities altered forever, hope restored in people's lives. 
because we did our part. Your part's going to be different than somebody else's. Don't be mad that it's different. Don't get upset because somebody doesn't have the same passion as you. Stay in your lane. Say, God, I'm going to let you use me where I am and watch what he does. He'll do it. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? I'd like to just take a moment. Maybe you're here and you're like, I know what that thing is. That thing that just, it bugs me because I think I can fix it. But I haven't been doing anything with it. But God's speaking to me right now and I think I know what I need to be doing. And maybe you don't know exactly where to start. Or maybe you do, but you're like, yep, this is the area. This is the thing. I want to pray for you. If that's you, just lift your hand and let me see. Say, that's me. I know that thing that I need to be doing. There's this, there's a, it, it, it bothers me every time I see it. I think this is God leading me in this. Awesome. All right, put those hands down. God, every single person that just lifted their hand, God, I ask that you just give them the boldness to take the steps that you lead, that you lead them, that you bring people around them confirm, to help them, to hold them up. I thank you for the seeds that are being sown, the lives that are going to be changed. We thank you for so much for all you're doing, both in us and through us. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.